do you like the background on my PowerPoint? I love that picture. If you're in the back, here's what it says. Genuine fake watches. Yeah, and that's what that guy is selling there. Genuine fake watches. I took that picture in Turkey near the ancient city of Ephesus. That guy was standing there. The tour buses would roll in. Tourists would roll out, buy their genuine fake watches and take them home with them. I don't know what you're buying those things for when you happen to be in Ephesus, the ancient biblical city of Ephesus, but they're doing that. I've bought genuine fake stuff before. I feel like I got pretty lucky with the Crosby jersey there. One time I bought a Mont Blanc pen. Do you know what that is? That's a very expensive pen. It is in the pen world what a Rolex is in the watch world. It did not last till I got back into the tour bus. It fell apart before I got there because it was a genuine fake Mont Blanc pen. It was a counterfeit. So today I want to talk to you about counterfeits, and I want you to be thinking about the subjects I'm going to be addressing, because this is kind of an overview sermon. We're going to look over what's coming, a preview of coming attractions in the next seven weeks as we're together at Kerwinsville Alliance. And I do have these on the Bible app, so if you have the Bible app, you'll be able to follow along that way. You might even want to save this one, because you might want to go over it in your quiet time with God and just say, have I accepted any of these counterfeits? Because I'm guessing you have. I'm even guessing that you've been scammed. Anybody here been scammed? Let me see. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, well, a lot of you have been scammed. In the first service, it was very few people had been scammed. That's, they're older than wiser than us, maybe. I was scammed. Remember the midnight phone call? Actually, it was four in the morning, five in the morning. I got a phone call. Hello, is this Pastor Shields? Yeah, Pastor Shields, I'm so glad I got a, a hold of you. Um, my name is uh, Scott Corin. Do you remember me? No, Scott, it's five in the morning. I don't remember you. Who, who are you? I was in your church just about a month and a half ago. Me and my wife and my kids. You don't remember? Think of who he's talking to. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. (laughs) Ah, man, I don't remember you, Scott. That's just really embarrassing, but I don't remember you. Well, anyway, I'm down here in Florida. My car's broke down. My mom died. We were down here to settle her estate. I just, and I need to get my car fixed. It's it's one of those 88 Oldsmobiles. Do you know anything about the 88 Olds? It has that bad plenium, and and that's what it is. I'm going to junk it, but I just need, I need money to get home, and I can get home. I can get four tickets, train, bus tickets, rather, for $180. Can you help me? $226 later, he had his money, and I never heard from him again. Until at about nine that morning, I thought, I wonder what happens if I Google Scott Corrin's name. Yeah, he was in the Orlando Sentinel for scamming churches out of money. Yeah, and he got me. He got me right there, right? That just makes me mad. I don't like to be cheated. I don't like to get a counterfeit. I don't like that sort of thing. You, You probably... Maybe you haven't been scammed, but you have been exposed to some counterfeit good probably, goods probably, right? I mean, do you like Sharpie markers? Who doesn't like Sharpie markers? They're just too expensive, though. But if you go online, you can get them, and they're a lot cheaper. Anyone in the front, can you read what it says on those markers? Sharpie and Shoopy. My guess is the Shoopy isn't as good as the Sharpie, and that's kind of funny, right? But it's not funny when it's your medication. Saw in the news the other day that if you buy medications from overseas in China, that you're not just getting medications that don't work, you might be getting medications that are toxic because they got to put something in those pills. Who knows what it is? Don't do that. It's a counterfeit. It's not real. There's a website called Wish.com. Wish.com sells all kinds of things. Anybody ever bought anything on Wish? Yeah. How'd you do? Anybody get scammed when they did? Yeah, okay. I see those hands. Yeah, all right, yeah. 
So this uh, picture you see here is from Wish.com. That's a Leupold scope. Leupold is one of the better scope manufacturers in the world. That scope, according to Wish.com, retails for $1,111, right? But you can see it right there. It's marked down to $69. I can't click buy fast enough, right? Uh, I went over to the Leupold website, and I saw a page that said counterfeit warning. Listen to what it says. It says, Leupold rifle scopes are designed, machined, and assembled in our Beaverton, Oregon manufacturing facility. We do not have any other rifle scope manufacturing facilities or offices anywhere in the world. So if you come upon a Leupold rifle scope being shipped into the United States from China, it is likely a counterfeit. (laughs) And further down it said, and we will not honor a warranty on that scope. (laughs) No wonder, right? But you got to know the very fact that that's on Leupold's site is people are fooled by counterfeits. Now, that would be bad to lose $1,100, well, $69 is what you're losing there. And it would be bad, awful bad to get the wrong medication. It would be bad to get shoopies instead of sharpies. But if you accept spiritual counterfeits, that can be even worse. No one's happy with counterfeits. We all fall for counterfeits. But when you accept spiritual counterfeits, they can actually take you backward in your spiritual walk. Things that you've always been taught. Well, but I was always taught this in church. Yeah, but is it real or is it a counterfeit? But I've always believed this. I mean, I don't know where I got it, but I've always believed this. Is it real or is it a counterfeit? But you know, this is what I saw on that talk show by that expert. And he said this, is that real or is that a counterfeit? There are counterfeit perspectives that you have been exposed to and maybe even believed that can damage your spiritual life. And oh, by the way, when something damages your spiritual life, it damages every part of your life. Every part of it. So over the next several weeks, we're going to identify some counterfeits that people tend to assume are the real thing. And we're going to look at God's word and try to find the real thing. This morning, I'm just going to give you an overview. I'm actually going to give you seven common counterfeits that we're going to address in the weeks that are ahead. What I want you to do is I give you these. I'll give you some scripture to go with them. You might want to jot them down. You might want to save the... the, uh, the version Bible app thing, so you can reference it later. You might just want to think about it in your head. Uh, and I want you to be thinking this week about, are there any of these that I believe? And even as we come to the close of the service, when we celebrate communion, think about these seven things and say, God, are there any things, any of these areas, because that's what they are, these areas where I tend to believe the wrong thing or look the wrong place or buy into the counterfeit? Seven of them. Let's get started. The first one is counterfeit wisdom. There is such a thing as counterfeit wisdom. Let me give you a a way that you can detect it right away. You often encounter it when you're at work, and there's that one woman or that one man who wants to go on a rant. I rant a lot. Rant. You know what a rant is? It is a way of presenting my opinion in a verbally clever way, and my opinion may or may not be right, but I'm so good at doing it, you feel like I'm right. That's my objective. In a rant, I want you to come over to my way of thinking. And if my way of thinking isn't a wise way of thinking, that's a bad place to be. Where do you get your wisdom? Where do we go for wisdom? And why do we seek wisdom? You know, literary types say that there are certain different categories into which Scripture falls. For example, they would say there's the historic books, and there's the poetic books like Psalms, and and there's the teaching books like Romans, and, and then there's this category they call wisdom literature, 
it's a category that is nothing but wisdom. And Proverbs is one of those books that is wisdom literature. Listen to what the book on wisdom says about wisdom. It says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more, pro- she? Who is she? Wisdom. Ladies, you can tell anyone who says to you that the Bible is anti-woman that no, nope, because the Bible says that wisdom is a female trait, okay? Wisdom, she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire compares with her. Now, as I'm reading that in other passages in Proverbs, I, I realize a couple of things. I realize sometimes people want wisdom so they can get ahead. And I think that's counterfeit wisdom. I think when someone says to you, hey, I have some wisdom, it's going to help you make a lot of money. I'm not sure. In fact, I'm almost certain that that is not God's wisdom because wisdom is not a way to win. Wisdom is not a way to be successful. Biblical wisdom I'm speaking about is not a key to wealth. Counterfeit wisdom makes wealth the end goal. The end game is the wealth. The wisdom is nothing more than a tool that I'm going to use to get what's really important, which is the wealth. But genuine wisdom is of greater value than wealth. It may get you wealth, but that's just a byproduct. In fact, that's a secondary issue. Wisdom is more precious than wealth. It is a tool, not a goal. I'm sorry, it is not merely a tool. Wisdom is the goal. It makes wealth actually superfluous. Wisdom. It's a beautiful thing. When you read the wisdom literature, you see that um, if you're not following genuine wisdom, you're going, to, you're going to engage in something the Bible calls folly which is foolishness. Genuine wisdom leads to fullness in life, the abundant life that Christ offers. So the question you need to ponder this morning as you go to communion at the end of the service, a question like this may be germane to you or throughout the week, am I making wise choices or has society sold me a counterfeit? Where am I getting my wisdom from? Let me give you the second one. Counterfeit meaning. If you Google what is the meaning of life, if you say to your phone, what is the meaning of life? It will say, anyone know what it says? It it gives you one word answer. What is it? 42. 42. Okay, I want you to try it later, not during the service. Try it later, though. If you, how many know? Who knows why it tells you 42? Yeah. Okay, so anyone who doesn't know why it tells you 42, check with Bob Livergood, and Bob will turn you on to the Scottish author um, Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The meaning of life is 42. No, it's not. That's a funny story, but that's not true. When we were in Europe, we were in London, and I, there was a church that had an outreach thing going there, and they had a, a sign up that says, what is the meaning of life? And someone had put graffiti on it, 42. You know, yeah, yeah, there it is. That's not the meaning to life. What is it that actually gives life meaning? Now, when, when we say that, I think a lot of us might say, well, my family does. I gain meaning from my family. Or someone else say, no, I, I gain meaning from my children. My children bring meaning into my life. My grandchild. Did I tell you I'm a grandfather? He brings meaning to my life. That's the meaning of life. Is my, my, my grandchildren, my job, my hobbies, my skills, my work. I'm going I'm to say something. Listen to this. None of those things will bring eternal meaning into your life. They're good things. But grandpa, those grandchildren aren't bringing you eternal meaning. Mom, dad, it's not happening. Expert, that's not happening. Whatever it is you're looking for meaning apart from God is temporary. Eternal meaning is meaning that's verbalized by God in words like Jeremiah 29, 11, 
where he says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And when your meaning is found in the person of Jesus Christ, that's eternal meaning. And anything short of that is a counterfeit. So the question for you to ask, have I found eternal meaning in my life? Or has society told me that if I'm going to have meaning in my life, then I need to have this other thing? Have I bought a counterfeit? Number three, counterfeit morality. You want counterfeit morality, turn on a television show, particularly daytime television, and watch the people just run in their mouths. If you know the Bible, it can be physically nauseating at times. It's, it's, it's sometimes disgraceful. And yet, <laughs> and yet, I think people have bought it wholesale. And we're real big on morality in our, in our age, like moral causes and things like that. So that there's this, this phrase, you might have heard it, it's about a decade or so old, called virtue signaling. Has anyone heard that, virtue signaling? Yeah, a couple of you did. Virtue signaling is so popular that it made an entry into the Oxford English Dictionary. Here's what it is. Virtue signaling is the action or practice of publicly expressing an opinion or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character and moral correctness of one's position in a particular issue. So signaling that I have virtue. Well, what kind of tuna is that you have over there? Oh, we only eat the tuna that is dolphin-free. Ooh, I don't think that's organic beef. I think that beef, uh, it wasn't raised right. We eat organic beef. I don't even know what that is. I grew up on a farm. I don't even know what that is, right? Okay. Re- <laughs> Let me say this. Religious people have been experts at virtue signaling. I mean, the church owned that for a long time. Here's what's fascinating to me. With the decline of the church in the United States of America, Virtue signaling has not disappeared. It has escaped, and it is throughout society. In the church, it looked like this. I think her dress is a little too short, don't you? We should go to the pastor and have him preach a sermon on modesty. Virtue signaling. Matt McCracken tells a story that one time he was at a religious gathering, and they were measuring the, the length of the hair of the, the people who were the boys who were there. Is that right, Matt? Something like that? Yeah. That, that, that's a, a counterfeit morality. It's a false morality, and it's not just in a church, it's in society at large. And, and you need to be aware of that. You know, I feel like our society today is not unlike the society in Judges. The book of Judges has the most abhorrent Bible stories of any book in the Bible. There are things that happen in the book of Judges that you would not read to your children. Terrible things. Do you know why? Because they had a counterfeit morality. And in those days, the book of Judges says at least three times, it says, in those days there was no king in Israel, so everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The question for you, are you navigating with a sound moral compass? Or has society sold you a counterfeit? Here's number four. Counterfeit intimacy. Counterfeit intimacy. I have, I checked this morning, I only check this, I don't check this real often, like maybe three or four times a day. I have 825 friends on Facebook. Okay, I don't change it three, check it three or four times a day. I hadn't changed it in forever. 825 friends. 
on Facebook. But, but I got to tell you, I probably only have three or four people I could go to if I was really in trouble. But Facebook can tell me that I have lots of friends. And that's a counterfeit kind of intimacy. By the way, people want to blame Facebook on that. I don't think so. I think that the reason we struggle to have intimacy is because we have accepted fake forms of intimacy. And there's children present, so listen as I say this. In the forms of images that we can see on our screens of our phones and other things. Counterfeit intimacy. In the forms of social media. Counterfeit intimacy. In, in, in illicit relationships with people we're not married to. Counterfeit intimacy. All of that is a counterfeit, and yet, man, from the numbers they show us, a lot of people have bought that counterfeit. God wants you to have significant intimacy with him, with your brothers and sisters in Christ, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents. He says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Those unreliable friends are not real friends. They're friends you thought were friends because you had bought a lie concerning counterfeit intimacy. The question is, are you experiencing genuine intimacy or has society given you a counterfeit? Number five, counterfeit security. When you think of the future, what gives you the idea it's going to be okay? There has to be something or you would probably jump off a bridge, right? What gives you the idea? I, I got I to tell you, I'm putting away money for retirement like crazy. And then Apple does what they did and the whole market goes. <laughs> so I'm going to be preaching till I'm 90 probably, right? Your 401k, your 403b, your IRAs, are they giving you security? Or maybe your security is, I'm going to get this house paid off 10 years ahead of time or five years ahead of time. That's my security. Is that a good lasting security? Or maybe your security is I have locks on my doors and cameras on my property. I got that. I got cameras all over the place because I'm a technological nerd and that's a lot of fun for me. Is that my security? Or maybe your security is I have weapons. If you're from Clearfield County, that might be your security. I want to tell you, those don't make you secure. None of those things I just mentioned. From a retirement account to cameras on site, don't make you secure. Most children feel secure when they're with their parents. Why? Why does a child feel secure when it is with mom or with dad? Number one, because it knows the child cares for them more than anyone else. Number two, the child sees the parent as being strong and capable. And number three, the parent has won the trust of the child. That's what God did. God loves you more and cares for you more than anyone else. God is strong and capable, and God has done things to win your trust. So the Bible says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that brings you real security. So the question you have, do you have genuine security? Or is your security based in some other things in your life? If you're worried about something, that question might really be germane to you. Number six, counterfeit knowledge. Counterfeit knowledge. I'm going to say two words. Fake news. Okay? And I don't care which side you're on. There's liars everywhere. As a Steeler fan, I was just so embarrassed in the past two weeks because of the shenanigans that were going on. And and you read, if you're a Steeler fan, the reason I'm talking about sports is because I don't want to talk about politics. Got that? 
you read as a Steeler fan, you know, that, well, this player threw a ball at this other player and he got really mad. And, and, and according to sources, I hate sources. Don't you hate sources? According to sources. And then the head coach comes out with a press conference. He says, I don't have any idea what a lot of that is. I don't know where that came from. Here's what I know. There's a problem and we will address it. But all that other stuff, I don't know where it came from. I can tell you one of the places it came from. Fake news. Because it's everywhere. And fake news is counterfeit knowledge. And it's really trivial when it's about your sports team. But it's really dire when it's about what you know about God. Really dire. You know, when Jeff Spade said, I want knowledge for 2019. I was so glad I could point him to Dr. Soper's Mission 119, because I know that's not counterfeit knowledge. That's good, solid, biblical knowledge. And I know that the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge for the ears of the wise seek it out. Knowledge is there. Fake knowledge is there. If you're discerning, you can tell the difference between the two. And in your walk with God, you can grow. So the question for you is, are you able to distinguish truth from error? Or is that something that eludes you? I want to just take a minute and talk a tiny bit more about this. Occasionally, I will see someone who grew up in a good Bible-believing environment. And all of a sudden, they're like doing Ouija boards or they're doing some kind of mysticism that doesn't involve Jesus or, or they're involved in some kind of occult practice because they see it like, oh, this is just such a nice way that God is speaking to us. No, he's not. And their problem is they're not able to distinguish truth from error and they're buying a counterfeit. And I can tell you, after being through soul care, I can tell you that counterfeit will destroy their lives. So this issue of truth from error, essential. Number seven, counterfeit authority. There's an expression I'm guessing all of us have said, we at least thought to say it, it goes like this. Who died and made you king? Or, in the words of my daughter, when she was speaking to her son, as they were little children running around the house, you are not the boss of me. (laughs) I love that line, right? You're not the boss of me, Timmy. Oh boy, I wish I could hear that again. I might call her up today and ask her to say that for me. (laughs) You know, in a small way, that expression says what we all know. We all resist authority. And I'd like to say about you, I'd like to say, you know, you people are really looking. All of us here. All of us here are really looking for the right authority to follow. I want to follow the right authority. But the honest truth is, we want to follow ourselves. We want to follow ourselves. And that's a counterfeit kind of authority. I'm going to talk about Job for a minute. Wow, you have to be careful when you're talking about Job because there's something about Job that people don't believe. He messed up. And, and then people go, how can you say that? Because in all this, Job did not sin. Well, when it says in all this, Job did not sin, it's saying he did not forsake his faith and he continued to pursue God. But Job had a question. And his question was, and he said it more than once. His question was this. Why can't I just face God and tell him that he's making a mistake. If I could just face, if I could talk to God about this, then everything would be straightened out. Now, I don't believe that Job was saying, I wish God would come here so I could give him a piece of my mind. That's what I would have been saying. But what God was saying is, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm not really sure 
that God knows what he's doing. I don't know that he knows of my goodness and my righteousness. This can't be happening. I'm not sure how this is happening. And when he does that, in a very small way, he's questioning God's right to be God. And God says to him toward the end of the book, I love the language. Brace yourself like a man, Job. You know what that means? Get ready, I'm going to punch you. Brace yourself like a man, Job. I will question you, and you will answer me. And that's where God says all those things about, so did you hang the Pleiades up in the sky? You're the guy that put the stars there? Where does the snow come from? Tell me. Surely you know, Job. You're, you're so wise. And God gets sarcastic with him because Job has, in a small way, and I say a small way because I don't want you to think that I think Job had his hands on his hips ever. But in a small way, he said, God, I'm not really sure you should be doing this to me. And when we say that, that's a counterfeit authority. <laughs> God says to him in Job 40, verse 2, Will the one who contends with the Almighty, that would be Job, correct him? Job, you're going to tell me how to do things right. Is that what you, are you the boss? Are you the authority here? Let him who accuses God answer him. And Job's reply, I love Job's reply. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I, have, I spoke once, I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. I get it, God. You're the boss. I'm not the boss. So the question for you is, Are you looking to the correct authority or has society told you, sold you a counterfeit? Now, we need to guard against counterfeits because there's a lot of fake watches out there. And we do train ourselves to guard against counterfeits. Um, When you shop online, don't you look for little clues like, is this a good website or not, you know? If I buy from a website I've never bought from before, I go and get a temporary credit card number. You can do that for the amount of the purchase that will last 24 hours because I've been trained to be cautious about counterfeits that way. And police warn us about counterfeits every now and then. You'll hear on the news or read on the news. It'll say police in Clearfield area are warning uh, people about telephone scams directed at our area. If someone calls you and wants money, don't give it to them. We educate ourselves about reports on drugs from China that contain toxins. But all they're doing is they're saying, I don't want you to be scammed. I'm warning you about this. And they are educating you, they're educating themselves, and you may have educated yourself already. So yeah, that, that, that's how we do that. But do we pay attention to weightier issues than those? Like, are we seeking to discern wisdom that is genuine, meaning that is lasting, morality that is God-given, intimacy that is pure and holy, security that really delivers, Knowledge that is not based on the whim of humankind and authority that is grounded in the person of God. That's what we want. That's what we'll be talking about in the weeks that are ahead. That's what I want you to kind of ruminate about as we celebrate communion. You know, when we celebrate communion, you have those moments that the cup and that the bread are passed and you wait on the others. That's prime time to spend alone with God. So look at those seven things and say, God, Have I bought into a counterfeit to a greater or lesser degree in any of those areas? And then ask him to speak to you about that in the weeks that are ahead.